morning, everyone, and welcome to All Things Russell on Laker Country 104.9. I'm Jeff Hoover in our studios here at Laker Country, and uh, glad to have you joining us this uh, Friday morning, February the 24th. Uh, Tony Kerr, our co-host, has been under the weather uh, this week. Uh, COVID finally came and paid a visit to Tony. He'd been waiting on him for a couple of years, and finally... Finally got to have a little visit with COVID, but Tony doing much better, but just unable to be here today. But uh, we wish him uh, a speedy recovery back at work, hopefully on uh, on Monday. I'm joined in the studio this morning by Derek Aaron and Zach Oaks, our news team here at Laker Country, and also our uh, uh, sports play-by-play and color guys uh, for Laker and Lady Laker basketball. Our program today, we're scheduled to have Lucas Whittle. Uh, Lucas, uh, Russell County native, just opened a dental office here in uh, uh, Russell County and a uh, former Laker athlete. We're going to talk to Lucas hopefully here in a little bit about uh, his new venture and coming back home to practice dentistry. And then Russell County Judge Executive Gary, or excuse me, Randy Markham uh, will join us this morning as uh, uh, we're going to talk with Judge Markham about the uh, occupational tax proposal and also uh, the proposed time zone change. So uh, that's our program today. Before we get started, um, Zach, Derek, good morning, guys. Good morning, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting to see you would speak first. Good morning, Jeff. You doing okay this morning? I'm doing great. Glad, yeah. glad to have both of you here. And, yeah. Thanks for having us, Jeff. Appreciate uh, it. Uh, basketball season came to an end, I guess, Sunday afternoon, both the Lady Lakers and Lakers. Uh, Derek, um, going down uh, uh, in defeat in the opening round uh, of the district tournament. A little different this year because of five teams in the district. There was a play-in game on who who really got to be one of the four. And um, Russell County boys and girls both uh, losing to Cumberland County. Uh, I don't think there's any way to describe it, but a disappointing season for both boys and girls. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Sunday afternoon to uh, go over there and – uh, at Edmonton, uh, Metcalf County High School, and you have basically a girl-boy doubleheader with uh, Cumberland County come out on the short end of the stick, and both those just a you know disappointing season all the way around for for both teams. Both teams, Zach, we know have a lot of youth uh, sprinkled in with some experience, uh, but uh, you know we're not used to you know the type of seasons that uh, these two teams had this year here in Russell County we like to uh, go advance in the postseason and uh, just a- unable to get that done this year yeah it's just uh, part of a tough stretch here uh, the last couple of years for both these programs uh, you know girls finished 7 and 23 this year uh, with you take into account the district tournament 0 and 9 in the district boys finished 10 and 21 again combined with the district 2 and 7 in district matchups uh, and again, yeah, no region tournament appearance for either squad. And, uh, you know, Russell County fans love that uh, annual late February trip to uh, Diddle Arena and uh, haven't had that for a couple of years now. So uh, certainly, uh, you know, not what not what anybody wanted, uh, you know, including coaching staff for both teams. You know, um, they, I'm sure they would love to be able to get back into the region tournament, get back to being a contender in the district. But uh, the Russell County basketball program just kind of fell on hard times here over the last little bit. And I know uh, last night Metcalf County girls uh, won the district. Zach, you had the report on uh, this morning. 
Uh, and then the boys' championship is tonight, right, guys? Yeah, it's uh, Metcalf and Monroe for the boys tonight. Metcalf girls beat Clinton, beat them soundly. I believe it's about twenty point margin. A um, little yeah. surprised by the margin. Yeah, uh, but that but that Lady Hornets squad has been really good all season. Got, that's a good group, uh, really talented, and uh, got a good mixture of uh, experience and youth on that squad. But uh, yeah, playing on their home floor as yeah. well that always helps in the yeah. district. Yeah, yeah. So. Metcalf really had it rolling this year. Both teams were the one seed in the district and got to host. So that's uh, that's kind of the perfect match made in heaven when you get into the postseason. But uh, and, and just so no. people understand, the district tournament is rotated among the schools. So it was every four years a school got to host the district tournament. It just so happened this year. Uh, that it was Medcalf County's time to host, and they probably had the best boys and girls team, uh, uh, and, and so that was to their advantage. And we'll see if the Medcalf County boys uh, can get the uh, win tonight, coached by a former Russell County uh, uh, Laker, uh, Brandon Brockman, who really does a good job. I mean, just a really good job coaching there for Medcalf County. I guess he's been there, what, about five years or something? He's been there for a few years. Uh, I believe Derek and I ran into him as we were uh, leaving Sunday. He was uh, helping clean the floors up. So <laughs> sweeping the floor uh, after the uh, uh, boys' so, game. Yeah. So we talked to him, you know, wished him the best of luck. You know, at least if Russell County can't get it, then maybe a Russell County alum coaching can. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we wish uh, Brandon uh, Brockman the best of luck tonight as uh, – uh, Metcalf County takes on Monroe County in the district championship. And, guys, before we get to County Judge Executive Randy Markham, um, Lucas Whittle will not be here today. We just have been told that uh, uh, he's not going to make it. We'd look forward to talking to Lucas and hearing about his dental practice and what he was doing and moving back home. But uh, uh, for whatever reason, he, he cannot be here this morning. So we'll uh, talk here in just a moment with our county judge executive, Randy Markham. But I want to get in real quick. Baseball season starts, what, two weeks? Uh, March 16th, I believe, is the first, the, is the first game. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, softball weeks. starts March 13th. So we're just, you know, less than a month away, just a couple of weeks away yeah. from uh, those getting underway. A lot of excitement about both <laughs> programs. Of course, the baseball team, uh, Russell County State runner-up uh, last year, the best finish ever and Derek you were there for every game yeah and uh what what a ride what an exciting time it was for Lakers sports fans rallying around the baseball team oh absolutely and it's unbelievable to think that we're right here at baseball season again that's how fast time flies and uh just seems like yesterday we were pulling out of Kentucky Proud Park uh, following that uh, runner-up finish, but uh, excited for Laker baseball once again this year, Zach. They lost a lot of talent from a year ago, a lot of seniors, a couple of super seniors that uh, graduated with the uh, COVID situation. And uh, so we will see how they respond this year. Of course, uh, Coach David Rex wrote, uh, no better coach in the state, in my opinion, yeah. to uh, – Take the uh, you know young talent and mold it to what he needs it to be, and uh, to be competitive, stay competitive in that fourth region. And maybe you never know, get back to the state. Yeah, I believe uh, Coach Rex is going to have his hands full. Well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, six starters he has to replace. So yep. uh, that's that's a lot of uh, and some very good pitching. Yeah, <laughs> and some very good pitching. Uh, you know, I think. I think it showed last year once you got into the postseason, Kentucky had maybe – or Russell County had maybe the best one-two punch in Kentucky yeah. uh, just in terms of pitching with uh, Nathan Lawson and Cody Luttrell, both of them gone now. Uh, so, Russell County going to have to find 
Uh, going to have to find some pitching, going to have to replace a lot. But there's a lot of good young kids on that team, too, that are I think are ready to step up and into a new role and, uh, you know, kind of carry on the tradition. And like he's always said, you know, if you've got Coach Rexrod at the helm, you feel you feel good going into the season no matter what the situation is. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, on the girls' side, uh, Tanya Rexrod is now the uh, – no longer the interim coach. She's now the uh, head coach of the Lady Lakers softball team. And, and uh, Tanya recently came through some personal health battles and doing good. And, and it's a great opportunity for her. And I talked to her a couple of weeks ago. I know she's really excited about it and look forward to what she's going to do with the uh, Lady Lakers softball team. And uh, Derek, Zach, you guys will be around for uh, – uh, once again this year, our uh, Laker and Lady Laker games of the week, and uh, look forward to doing that. Yeah, we've been uh, kind of combing through the schedule over the past week and kind of looking to see how you know things match up. Not got it nailed down quite just yet, but yeah. we have we've started that process, oh, and we're, we're getting there. And certainly, we'll have uh, Laker baseball and. Uh, Lady Laker softball on the air this year once again. Excited about that. So girls softball gets underway March 13th. Boys baseball gets underway March 16th. And again this year, uh, you're home for Lady Laker softball and Laker baseball is right here on Laker Country 104.9 with her uh, game of the week. One game each week of both boys baseball and girls softball. And uh, look forward to that here starting just in, in about three weeks. Um, so we're going to move away from a discussion about Lakers sports, and uh, we welcome uh, our county judge executive Randy Markham to the program today. And good morning, Judge. Morning, Jeff. We morning. Uh, appreciate you coming in. Uh, 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 I think back to the campaign. You were up here one day, and and you said, you know, if I get elected, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be responsive and 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 talk about things that are going on and. Uh, Eric reached out to you last week. He said, yeah, you'll be here. And I just want you to know how much we appreciate that. Appreciate uh, the opportunity. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a good change to, you know, to have uh, the county judge to come on and talk to us. And uh, you're now, I guess, uh, just about two months in the office. What's it been like? Well, there's 46 <laughs> more months. <laughs> uh, it's, it's different, I'll, I'll have to say. Um, you know, uh, a lot different than business. County yeah. c- county government runs a lot different. It runs different than city governments. City governments are, are uh, incorporations just like a business, and county runs based off of what the KRS says tell you you can do and can't do. And, and you're familiar with that. Yeah, sure. and you know, in, in all honesty, mayors have mayors have much more executive authority than county judge executives do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they can pretty much pass a budget, and then the mayor can, can work through that budget. Um, and the county, uh, everything is allocated to, to certain buckets. And if you move something from that bucket, you have to go through the process of uh, having the magistrates okay those transfers, and uh, it, it's different. Yeah. So, sure. uh, no, we're going to talk today about the proposed uh, occupational tax uh, which is set to sunset, I believe, April 1st. And uh, the fiscal court and yourself are, are proposing uh, uh, to to continue that occupational tax with an increase. And we're going to talk about the proposal on the time zone change. But just getting your, I guess, lack of a better description, getting your feet wet, just understanding what what have you done just to try to immerse yourself into the budget and 
the finances of the county? The budgets are, we're in the process now of, of trying to pull together the budget that starts July 1st. Yeah. Um, the budget we're currently operating in was the budget that, that came from last physical year into this physical year, which, which runs out in June. Um, so we're in the process now of trying to build that budget and figure out what that budget's going to look like. Uh, there will be two magistrates on that. Uh, the treasurer and myself will work on that budget to present to the uh, physical court once we have it completed. Yeah. So you all are just going through as a small group, small working group, and yes. then you present something to the physical court as yes well. absolutely there'll be uh, of course it'll be uh, the uh, jail budget and all those different agencies budgets will be in that so we're, we're like i said we're pulling together all those numbers now some of that you can base on history uh inflation you can't so mm -hmm. there's some things we got to anticipate with it and uh that's kind of where we're at what, what, what's been the biggest eye opener for you for me as far as where we spend our money yeah yeah <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, one of the biggest uh, things we have to, that we spend money on is, of course, the detention center. Um, that's about a million and a half over and above what we bring back in. It's about two and a half million dollars. Um, you know, the jailer told me one time he heard someone say that crime uh, cost, and it does. Mm -hmm. um, we have to decide as a, as a county, do we want to keep uh, doing that? I mean, I'm to be honest with you, I look in it. Um, it, it costs a lot to even in, you know to to deal with uh, dogs uh, yeah. in the, in the county. Everything's got a cost added to it, and uh, but those are all things we have to have. We have to have they're mandated county, by state law. Absolutely, right? we yeah. have to have uh, you know we, we have to put money in the sheriff's department. We have to put money into the county attorneys, um, the nine one one services. You know those all have to be funded. And uh, it's kind of like federal government, right? So you have uh, Social Security, defense spending, all those things that are mandated that you have to pay for, and then you have discretionary stuff. And yeah. that's where we're trying to get to is how do we cover that mandated cost? And discretionary is not very big. It's very little. If, yeah, you, if yeah. you look at our courthouse and see the yeah. condition, and that belongs to the people. Yeah. And I'm really concerned about the courthouse and, and the shape it's in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if we continue letting it go like it is, then we'll have to be rebuilding or doing something at some point. And where's that money come from? Yeah. You know, I know my experience at the state level, um, when you take education spending, you know, uh, uh, primary, secondary, post-secondary, which is about 60, 62% of the state budget, then you take corrections in the state, which was 15 or 18%. Then you take Medicaid social services, which is about 15 or 18 percent. You're up to 92, 93, 94 percent of your budget. It was mandated services, and there's not much discretion. And I think the same thing is true at local levels. It's it's you know, trying to find that balance so that you do have some discretionary money for for certain needs, but it but it's a it's a tough proposition. It is very tough. You, you're you're well aware of it. And there's things that, and and I don't know if we'll ever see it in my lifetime, but I, I know we're trying to to gear toward going more like Tennessee, where we don't have any personal income tax, uh, the state, and maybe you guys worked on that before. But you know, when we get to be like Tennessee, and we look at the sales tax that Tennessee has versus what we have, I mean, you have to replace that with something. That income has to come back. And I actually had said that I would love, if we want to try to do away with occupational tax in these counties, uh, the only thing that I think we can do to do that is to, to have a county sales tax yeah. where everybody, 
it's a consumption tax, right? So if, if Jeff, if you want to buy a houseboat, you pay tax on that houseboat. If I want to buy a kayak from Walmart, I pay it on that kayak. Everybody, it's just like going to McDonald's. We pay a sales tax now. It's probably more fair, but we're kind of stuck with what we've got um, until something like that happens. And then the other thing for me is when we do our property tax, um, the state gets a lot more of that property tax than the county keeps. Then you have to go to the state and ask for some of that money back. We never get it all back because there's so many other things, as you said, that, that, that has to go for. So it makes it hard for us counties to operate. And, and all, of, all of the small county, rural counties are all in the same shape, I think. Yeah. I think Adair County is now looking at an occupational tax. Of course, they have a property tax that's more than double what Russell County's is as far as what the county gets. And, and a lot of that is from the college, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, theirs is fourteen point five, and theirs is like six point five. So that's the difference in in what we're dealing with and what they are. And then you know they still are not doing well with the property tax. So for us to raise property tax is not the answer. Um, again, I mean, going back and even comparing to cities, um, the cities have water services, sewer. Uh, they have a lot more things that they can sell. Uh, we can't sell anything. I can't do a lemonade stand or a sell parking or buy land. And I can't do any of that in the, in the county government. So really, if you think about it, the only way the county has of bringing in any money is tax, and nobody likes tax. Right. I don't like tax, but it's part of our life, and it's part of how we live in this country. What is the total county budget before I let Derek the uh, Well, I can give you last year's because I did. Okay. I had, uh, last year's total budget was... Uh, Hold on a second here. I've got it. Nine, $9.1 million. Uh, that's a, a lot of that, too, is uh, misunderstood because some of that's pass-through money, like when you get a million-dollar grant for the airport uh, mm -hmm. terminal or the taxiway. That has to pass through the physical court, so it really doesn't affect any of that money that we talked about before. Uh, out of that last year, there was, uh, or 2022, of course, we're still going into this physical year, but there was $8.3 million that was spent. Um, you still have uh, $1.9 of the ARPA money still sitting in the bank. And that, for folks, that's the uh, federal stimulus money. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, when so people... that's still on hand, right? Yes, sir. So when people got stimulus checks, the, the government's got some stimulus checks, too, and yeah. that's uh, kind of what that was. And it was originally supposed to be spent for uh, water, sewer, and fiber optics. Um, our county doesn't have a water system or sewer system, so um, they actually, I think, went back and ruled later that that could be spent on some other stuff. And so the county actually had bought some new vehicles, and they spent some of that money for, they were allowed to spend some of that money for those vehicles for the road department, and the other was to blacktop some roads, so. Uh, Randy, I know uh, you and I have talked about the cost of operating a county government has went up. Uh, due to inflation, we know, everybody, you know inflation's hit everything, but it's hit, it's hit governments too. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about what kind of increases the county government has seen in, in what they've had to uh, spend for you know various things that various necessities yes absolutely uh, one of the things I'd like to point out going into this is in 2012 your occupational tax was 1% uh, and last year in 2022 uh, your occupational tax was three-quarters of a percent with a sunset clause on it we actually took in uh, $6,800 less 
in 2022 than we did in, in 2012. And then add layer on top of that where your expenses have gone to. So you've, uh, you've got uh, electric, you've got uh, fuel tax uh, or fuel. Uh, water bill has increased 20%. Uh, fuel expenses 65. And this is just since 19. Not since 2012, but since 19. Uh, healthcare costs are 41.88%. Uh, labor expenses is up 31%. The CPI is going to come in. It's going to be another 6.5%. <clears throat> we're, we're asking for uh, one quarter of a percent, which equates to 25 cents on 100. For $100, it's a quarter. Uh, I, I would think that, and I'd hope and pray, that everybody's wages has increased since 2012. I know their expenses have, and if I'm in the goods business and then selling anything, if I have not increased my prices, I'm out of business. I'm not. I'm not doing business any longer because everything has gone up. Uh, Whether it's goods about. or services. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's all had to increase because we couldn't stay in business. We couldn't. Right. We couldn't keep functioning because not only has the county government's cost went up, but every employer has had to, you know, uh, go up with it. I mean, I, I came out of a business in two years, we had a 70% increase in healthcare costs. Um, that, those are all real and everybody has to face them. So, so what will this, so you've got increased expenses across the board, uh, every expense category you're seeing increase, and that's not unlike all businesses, I mean, right. small businesses in particular, but what will, what do you estimate the one quarter of 1% increase will generate? We're we're looking at the numbers now, but we hope somewhere around five hundred thousand dollars. And then to put that in perspective, um, we have a payment for a bond on the jail of three hundred something thousand dollars, and there is a loan that's that's there that we've paid interest only on it for the past twelve years. It, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars. So there's five hundred thousand dollars right off the bat. Um, it's uh, that's coming due this year comes due this year in January uh, December you have a three hundred thousand dollar bond payment and uh, like I said there's a two hundred thousand dollar loan there that I feel like the county needs to stop just paying interest only on it and get it paid for so are you telling <coughs> us that for the past several years the only thing that's been paid is interest only? no no on, on one of the notes on one, on of, one of the notes no okay. no the other the bonds are being paid okay. uh, that bond payment is three hundred and some thousand dollars but on the two hundred thousand dollars that's just, yeah I, I'm not even I, I have to go back and find out what that loan was for but yeah. it's been interest only been paid on it and I think we need to get it out of the way yeah. but because we're just passing it along so but just there's things like that that uh, it sucks up <clears> that money really fast and uh, you know, it's not anything, I mean, the jailer's doing a good job. It's not any of that. It's just expense. You know, it's just flat-out expense. It's got to be paid. Yeah. Randy, I know talking with you last week, you attended a county budget workshop, I believe, at the ad office. Yes. Uh, there with a lot of other uh, local officials from uh, the 10-county district. Who who put that uh, on? Who was there to discuss that with you? And then uh, just talk this, about that, the relationship you have with the ad. Yeah. The... Uh, the state did it. Uh, it's the uh, office of uh, local government. Uh, came DLG. Down, DLG. They came down and and, uh, and put on that workshop. Uh, there was a lot of us new judges and uh, magistrates there. I know the judge from uh, uh, Cumberland County, which I know well, a judge from Adair County, the judge from Pulaski County, Marshall mm -hmm. Todd, myself. Uh, like I said, there are several in this county that are new judges and uh, new officials as far as their physical court. So. Yeah. 
and 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 so you have deadlines, right? I mean, you have to present the first reading of your budget proposal by a certain date, and and then the fiscal court has to adopt a final working budget by a certain date that takes effect July first. So, when a new county judge comes in, I mean, you you're really under a timeline and a tight timeline to learn about the budget, learn about expenses, and get a budget in place. Absolutely. <laughs> My first day in, we had to approve the budget. I mean, one of the things I got a call on is, hey, you have to approve the, you have to get the budget for the sheriff's office and the clerk's office in front of the physical court and get it approved. There is four sheets that I, I, I was sending that says, these are the things you've got to do in the first uh, two weeks that you're in office. <laughs> so there has been a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, when you talk about the occupational tax, folks, in Russell County have been paying it, as you said, since 2012, uh, and it was 1%. It was at some time moved back to three quarters percent, uh, and now the proposal is to go back to 1% that estimates are anyway would generate $500,000. What response have you given to people who say, we, we don't want to pay another quarter of 1% occupational tax? What What's your response? Well, I try to explain to them where the county is and what's going to happen. I mean, if we don't, if, if going back to the budget comment you made, if we can't figure out how to have a balanced budget and get the state to approve that budget, then they'll come in. So if they, can, if they came in, what would they do? Would they shoot us at 2%? I have no idea. Um, but we don't need to get to that position, I think, uh, because that, would be a, that wouldn't be a good look for our county. Are you... Are you are you and the working group looking at any cuts to any agencies or parts of county government? We, we've discussed what we can do as far as can we go in and cut uh, percentages in, in different, you know, uh, departments to see mm. how much that'll help us. Um, it's it, if you look at it as a whole, it's pretty bare bones the way it is. So there's not a lot of cuts. I mean, you just have to walk through the courthouse and see what those people, you know, most of those people are doing. And, and we kind of get... Uh, there's some confusion, I guess, because you look at the, at the sheriff's office and the clerk's office, and those are all fee-based offices, and they run from the fees that they collect. So um, a, a little different in the, in the county. Uh, again, like you were alluding on the, the occupational tax, the cities have had a 1% occupational tax, and I'm not even sure when they put it into to play. But, uh, I, and I guess the reason I, I've not heard anything or didn't know because it wasn't a lot of controversy about that but uh, it's the same uh, as where we're trying to get back to uh, and we're only trying to go back to where we were at in 11 years ago or 12 years ago now so so really from the <clears throat> budgeting standpoint the county clerk and the sheriff are to a large degree separate entities yes yeah. I mean it's a pass I mean again it's, it's a, a pass, pass through. through they you know money's come in and go back out but yes yeah yeah uh, Randy, it wasn't that long ago that the county was in uh, pretty dire financial straits. You've been talking about what you said about 11, 12 years ago. I know nobody likes nobody likes extra taxes. I mean, nobody is nobody's jumping up and down to have to pay more money out of their pocket. But the, those taxes do also ensure that the county does provide those services that are ne that are necessary and required. And we don't want to get to a point where we're laying people off and we're having to make drastic cuts. So the taxes like that do help to ensure that we don't get to that point. Right. Uh, just kind of 
uh, just maybe just kind of give your thoughts on why you think you know raising that occupational tax is important. Just, to, just well, I think if we general. want to maintain what we have now, we we don't have a choice. Uh, this is not going. And and here's the thing, if if it generates more than we are even calculating because we don't know the answer to that, I can tell you that the, the cap changed, and that cap brings in about twenty-seven thousand dollars a year. Explain, right? explain that, Randy. So, so the cap went from twenty-five hundred to four thousand dollars, and that cap means anybody that makes up to that level, they're capped at that. They don't go above that. So, so that you don't go, you know, um, they can pay that much and stop. Basically, that's the maximum. That's the maximum gonna amount they're going to pay in, that's regardless correct. of what income, income they level. have. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so that that creates about twenty-seven thousand dollars, and I'm not picking on the jail by any means. But if you look at one payroll for the jail, it's fifty some thousand dollars. So one year will pay about half of one payroll for the jail. So it's not a huge amount of money that we're talking about. So. So so you. <clears throat> Looking at raising that cap to four thousand, yes, twenty five hundred. It's twenty five hundred now, 2, yeah. now. and that's and it would generate twenty seven thousand dollars based on the numbers I got from the tax lady. Yeah, so. yeah, and as you said, that would pay one, one half, one half, one of, half of, of one of twenty six. Yeah, payrolls. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it, are you going to propose a sunset provision on the new occupational tax? We. Uh, we propose to eliminate that sunset. Well, I, I actually put two proposals on the table, and the magistrates uh, made a motion and voted that through. Uh, I gave them two options. There was three options. The first option was to do nothing, which they pretty much knew by looking at everything that wasn't an option. And the other two options was to uh, go to, to 1%, raise the uh, cap up to uh, 4000 or leave it at three-quarters of a percent and take the cap away. Of course, nobody has any idea what that would generate or how much that would be because once once you're capped out, you don't know what income you can have there. But looking at the the, the number from going from twenty five to four thousand, and it's only twenty seven thousand dollars, that's probably not the right way to to be able to fund our county. So. Yeah, yeah, and and it appears the fiscal court is is in support of this moving forward. Then yes, they you know like I said they. Uh, one of the magistrates made a motion, another one seconded it, and then it was a, a unanimous uh, vote. Uh, but like I said, it's not that any of those guys want to raise taxes. That's not that's not what we're about. Um, but when you get there and you see the things that we don't have, I mean, our clock hadn't worked forever, right? So Yeah, and I want to give you a <laughs> shout-out on that. I mean, I, I, I came through one night, and going back to work is about 8 o'clock, and that clock was working, and the light was working, and I was... <laughs> Yeah, and the next day I just happened to be on Facebook, and all these people were, yay, yay, you know, they were happy about that. So yeah. uh, first time in right. it's 15 years, a simple thing right. as a clock working. It's the small things. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, people were so appreciative of yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, well, um, anything else, guys, on the occupational tax? Right, I guess just what's the next step in this process so, for the court? So the, the court, to be able to hit the, the deadline, as, as Jeff was referring to, is April the 1st. We had to do the first reading. So uh, we uh, had a special call meeting, um, and I think Zach was there uh, Monday, to do the first uh, reading. 
that was uh, advertised on Friday, went out on Friday. We had a newspaper, we didn't have any public that showed up, but we did have a newspaper and, and of course, your all's radio station was there. But that's the first, and then the second reading will take place at the next physical court meeting, so we'll be able to hit that deadline of April to not stop everything, so. Well, you, uh, you hit the ground running, and I guess at the first meeting, there was the discussion on the occupational tax and not, and not letting it sunset and increasing it uh, from three quarters of a percent to one percent. And, and obviously, as you expected, that generated discussion in the community. Uh, but I don't think it even comes close to the discussion that we've heard about the time zone change. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, I, you know, I, I say people are less worked up by far about an increase in occupational tax than they are the time zone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it amazed me. It, it really did. I, I, I felt like we were back when we were discussing wet-dry. Yeah. You know, it uh, it it kind of, it, to me, it, it was like off the charts, something yeah. different, you know. Well, so. You know, just to give you some reference, I mean, Zach or Derek Warren or both of them posted a story on uh, on facebook about the time zone and and did a little informal poll right zach and yeah we had over i i want to say we've been bordering on 1500 people responding to a poll <laughs> that's a good poll yeah it's a good poll we did something right <laughs> but, but i looked at the numbers in the first uh, 12 hours that that story was up you know there'd been like one point one thousand eight hundred people view it and i'm like and then i see all the comments but are you surprised by that? I'm really surprised. Yeah. I, I really am. Well, tell, tell us the basis of the proposal. Did that come from you? Did it come from the court? Was it a joint thing? You know, how, how did all that start? Um, at times, I mean, we have talked, at, you know, when just out, you know, and have a conversation. And uh, it seemed like there was a lot of support. When I was campaigning, I got a lot of people ask me, you know, what can you do? And I'm like, I don't know what I can do. So I looked at it actually before I even came in office, and it was like there's only two ways you can change it. Congress has got to do it, and then or the, the Department of Transporta or right. Transportation Secretary, which goes to the General Counsel. And, um, you know, I, I know people, there's people got upset, said, you know, we couldn't vote on it. Well, it's not one of those things. In fact, we spent $55,000 out of the general fund for our last election to, to vote. So, but... That being said, it's not one of those things that we can vote on. Uh, we can actually, once it happens and they come and do their public hearings, you can express your opinion, and then it's up to them to make that, make that decision. But the process is something totally different than anything I think we do. Uh, you know, maybe we could have ran a poll, you know, uh, then how scientific is the poll? Um, you know, it's those kind of things. So to now take it and put it in their hands and let them decide, hey, do we fit that? And there's nine things, and Russell County hits all nine. Russell County is the farthest eastern county in Kentucky that's in the central time zone. Um, there's 60% of our state in an eastern time zone. There's four time zones in the country, and there's 47% of the country that's in an eastern time zone. So it just kind of looked like it made sense for Russell County being uh, where we're at in uh, to try to move to an eastern time zone. Uh, I mean, did did you propose it to the court, or did the court ask you to do it? How did it come? I've had about? different. I've had different ma magistrates over time ask me what we could do, and I said I'll look into it. And I, you know, I started uh, 
uh, pulling it together, and I said, here's what we need to do, and it was all a, you know, an, an unanimous decision, basically, yeah. to to look at the process. You know, doesn't I, mean it's going to happen, but, you know, but we'll start the process. I, I mean, in fairness, you, you've heard the criticism, and we didn't know anything about it. We didn't have an opportunity to address the fiscal court, uh, and that's true, but how do you respond to that? People saying, you know, if if we had known it was on the agenda, if we'd known it was under discussion by the fiscal court before they voted, we would have been there. How do you respond to them? Well, like I said, again, it's not something that's going to happen overnight, and it's not something that's once it gets to that point and you, you lay out everything, it's that decision's not to be made even by us, uh, the physical court or me as a judge. Um, I mean, that's one of the things I think that everybody should try to be at the, at the meetings when they can, uh, because there is going to be things that's brought up, and that was just happened to be one of them that night. Let me ask you this. Isn't it true, though, Judge, that the Department of Transportation has never rejected a request that was approved by a local fiscal court? That I don't know. Um, I think well, the last one in Kentucky was, was Wayne County in 2000. Yeah. Um, other counties have been wanting to move from mountain time to central time, like in the Dakotas and stuff, but I, I don't know that there's never been one. So, so I guess what... <clears throat> it's what, not been done when the last nine years, nine, yeah, ten years, yeah, there's not, not years happened since. So. And there's a whole different group of people that's in that, in the, in that uh, agency now. Yeah. So they could look at it and throw it in the trash. You know, it's not... Well, I, I think the statistics are, the information is, Department of Transportation has never rejected a request for the fiscal court made the approval. But, you know, I guess we will see. I, I guess what do you or what does the court see as the benefits of the time change? Well, I think the biggest one is to compete. Um, like I said, we, we compare ourselves to Adair County, and Adair County compares itself to Taylor County. And... It's who, who compares them to us, who compares themselves to us. Uh, in business or in anything else, I, I didn't really want to pick on the person that was the same size as me. And uh, I think trying to go after business that may, maybe come into Adair County, uh, we're competing for the same piece of business. Uh, it looks like Plasky County's got more than they can say grace over, and I'd rather us be a David and Goliath and just go try to get some of that business. And, and bring it here. There, you, but do have, you think the time zone has an effect on that? I think it will. Okay. I think it will. When you got in 40, 47% of this, the countries in an eastern time zone, they're in the eastern time so zone. So a minority of the countries in eastern? The majority. I thought you said 47. Oh, 47% out of four time zones. Okay, so, yeah, Pacific and everything. Yes, okay. I mean, Pacific is like 19, and I think uh, Mountain is single digits, and then uh, Central, Central Time Zone is 30-some okay. percent. Okay. So, yeah, we're more than, you know, yeah. we have more than our fair share, and then the state itself is, is 60% Eastern yeah. Time Zone. Yeah. So if you're a business, I mean, look at the businesses that are here that are owned in eastern time zones uh, we have two local banks we have other banks here that are have eastern time zones so when they leave at five o'clock these folks are still here at four till five so if they need it whatever those folks are gone uh, i think some of those things will make a difference in people taking a look at us yeah um, well randy i think uh, another factor i know department of transportation looks at is where people travel for like say health care right and um you know, 
I think most people here, um, uh, you know, at least I can speak for myself and uh, a lot of people I know, travel to the Eastern Time Zone. They travel to Somerset, uh, they travel to Danville, and they travel to Lexington. All three of those, of course, in Eastern Time. You also have a lot of doctors that come in from those cities that... Uh, a lot of doctors come here, uh, you know, maybe like come once a week or something to a local clinic or something. I know healthcare plays a big role in um, in, in that decision about where about where people get their healthcare, and uh, I think that obviously trends Eastern Time uh, for Russell County. I, I agree, um, and and one of the things going back to the people that's talked for and against, I've had a lot of the the people that I thought that the. Uh, older generation would be against and i've had more of those that said just the same thing that you do um there i got someone sent me something a couple of days ago that said there was 325 doctors that uh, either specialists or doctors that come into or or at uh pulaski county right in somerset that are from an eastern time zone so th those folks are traveling in from lexington or yeah lexington and other places into there to uh provide services but yeah that's true and that's one of the criteria and, the and, have you talked to uh, uh superintendent ford or anybody in the school system not yet uh i do know there's a study that says that kids go starting the school later uh learn better um and i he basically if you look at the sun, you're you're going to school at the same time. We're probably one of those schools in the central time zone that start earlier than most. We are, no question about that. Yeah, yeah. and I was just in Jabez yesterday, and, and, you know, I've heard people say that it'll be pitch dark when the kids go to school. Well, no, if you go to the eastern time zone, it's 8 and 8.30 before they start to school. Yeah, I, I so don't it's think, the same. Yeah, I, you know. I think if it passes and we go to eastern time zone, if it's approved, school has to start later. I don't think there's I, any. I would agree. Yeah, I don't think there's any way around that and and going back we do have some of the earliest starting times and that goes back to when fruit of the loom came in right and right. Uh, the the start times were moved up to accommodate parents who started to work at seven o'clock yes mean, that's, that's yeah. how that happened we've adjusted there's those yeah. things like that if we've adjusted <clears throat> to and a lot of people <clears throat> you know it's everything it's 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 all relevant right so right. if you're in an eastern time zone your start and stop time is is different but it's the same in in reality so four o'clock there is five or five o'clock there is four o'clock here the sun's still that you know yeah. in the same spot well, well one of the things i have heard and and i think it's a legitimate concern it's a valid concern uh but as you said if it passes folks will have to adjust and that's our athletic teams at the high school yes most of them compete to counties to the west. A majority of their games and competitions are counties to the west. We're in the fourth region that goes to Bowling Green. All of those schools are on central time zone. So if we go to a Franklin Simpson to play a 7.30 basketball game, central time, that's 8.30 hour time. It's not over till 10 and it's midnight getting home right. or later. So it, it, it's an adjustment that, that will have to be made somehow, but uh, that is a legitimate concern that I have heard. Well, would they look at that and think that, hey, we need to put them back where they used to be, where they played people in the Eastern time zone? In the 12th region. Exactly. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? So yeah. would would they take that in consideration when they're looking at that as a whole? And from When you look at the new football uh, alignment, Jeff, they're – Everybody Eastern. Is, is Eastern, Eastern for yeah. us coming yeah. up. So, so, so now we're split, you yeah, know, right? Split. So we're going right. to be split. We're going to play football in Eastern, and we're going to play basketball in the other sports in Central. So 
where where do we go back to the state as a whole and say, yeah. hey, why don't yeah. we carry this up? You're riding that line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Randy, I know I've heard a lot of people, I've heard a lot of comments about time zone. Obviously, you and I have talked about it extensively. Um, I hear a lot of people say, I wish the whole state was on one time zone. Is there any way that uh, that there could be a petition for that? Uh, I know a lot of, I don't know that there is. I don't know that it's possible, but there's a lot of people who have asked me if that is possible. And I don't know, the, I don't know the best answer. Well, Jeff, that would be something that the state could petition for a ship, couldn't they? Uh, they could, yeah. I mean, if the state petitioned for that, I think that that would, uh, that would make that, I, that change. I've had a lot of people just say, I wish every, I wish all the counties in Kentucky right, were on the same right, time absolutely. zone. Absolutely. Well, I say they could. I think the way it is set up now, it's a county-by-county county request. Okay. Uh, I know there has been some bills filed in the past about time zones, but I believe it's a county by county request but yeah i'm not sure so even uh i mean there's been people comment about the the daylight savings time thing too and you know that bill was proposed by marco rubio the sunshine protection act and it's called sunshine protection act right to give us more sunshine and and it's it passed in the senate but it's it's sitting in the house and i think you know once the house if the house approves that then it would go to the president to be signed and so we do away with the daylight savings time piece. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, that, but yeah, that to clarify, there's been some misinformation out there that that hasn't been passed. That's not going into right. effect in and, March. And you had a story about that, it, or, it, or you guys did? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was just um, I, I saw that floating around on Facebook. Saw some people commenting on yeah, and, still some confusion. About yeah, that, but um, we are still we are still switching back and forth every spring and every fall. So yeah, uh, I know a lot of people have been asking about that. I mean. Um, that might come down the that might come down the line at some point, so, but as of now, it's not in place. So if things happened, and and it, let, let's say that the Department of Transportation says okay, we're going to change you to Eastern. If we if we go forward here in the next few weeks or whatever, then we'd stay there until the fall, and uh, we wouldn't go backwards. Um, you know, then you you wouldn't you wouldn't go forward another hour until next spring. Yeah you know would be how that would work so it gives you a, a long period of time to start adjusting to some of the things well i'll say this uh as i said at the start <laughs> you know i thought occupational tax and, and uh, you know and rightfully so people ask questions about that concerned about that but i never envisioned the outcry that there's been over the time zone and and as you said if it happens it's a year or so away right yeah, right. and so, uh, and and so, I would encourage people. And I'm getting some text messages here. You know, people, you know, will say this or say that. I would just encourage people if um, if you're opposed to it or if you support it, when these hearings are set and the transportation cabinet has to give notice of those public hearings, and those public hearings have to happen here in Russell County, and when they do schedule those over the next several months. Uh, appear and make your voice heard and uh, but but I would be really really surprised if they didn't approve it based on the action of the physical court but um, still people will have an opportunity at that time anyway absolutely and and you know it's it's kind of the same thing so you've got people that are that are against it but the people that are, are for it didn't have doesn't have an opportunity to just say hey we, we need to get this done yeah. 
So the only way to do that is to actually go out there and, and start the process and then let the federal government decide what needs to happen. Well, you've been in office, Judge, uh, two months. You've got, you've got the clock fixed. That's a huge <laughs> accomplishment, <laughs> and that looks really good at night. And if you haven't been to Jamestown, drive around the square and see the clock. It's lit up and it's working. Uh, but two months, occupational tax, time zone, what's coming up in March? Um, well, <laughs> we'll have to do the second reading on the, the uh, occupational tax, and then um, it'll be probably business as usual, just normal business stuff that we have to take care of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're out uh, every day now looking at roads and, and those kind of things. Uh, that's one of the things that I, I will have to say that I didn't really fully understand until I got there. I had a lot of people said that, you know, this budget and this occupational tax would give the magistrates more money to spend for blacktop. And that's uh, not true. That that all comes from uh, the uh, fuel tax dollars that from fuel that we we get here, and 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 that budget's been changed too. So discretionary money that comes back into our county, uh, apparently the Department of Transportation's budget has has gotten uh, about a two-thirds cut in it. So we probably will get less if we get any through here from discretionary. And uh, like I said before, we send taxes up there, but we have to go and beg for some of that back and. Uh, uh, I wish they'd flip that on the property tax and let us keep all the state number and, <laughs> and then take the county number and see, uh, see how that works. Well, well, I mean, you're so right on the road fund money, and it's, you know, people don't always understand that, and it is funneled by, uh, funded by uh, the gas tax. Right. You know, and that's just uh, when 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 people more people are out driving, uh, consuming more gas, those revenues go up. Right. And, and the thing that concerns me about that too, Jeff, is the more electric vehicles come on, yeah. what are we doing? You know, where's that? To replace that money. Exactly. Yeah. That's going to have to be replaced in the state. And that's been a big discussion at the state level the last four or five years. I remember about four years ago, um, uh, Representative Santor from up northern Kentucky, he had a bill about electric vehicles maybe five years ago, and everybody's like, what? But you know, now mm -hmm. it's it's showing how you have to have some funding mechanism, some way to get revenue from those charging stations or something. Exactly. Because it uh, uh, it's it's coming in more and more. It is. I don't know what the percentage of electric vehicles in the state is now, but you have to look and say, well, for that percentage of electric vehicles, they're not paying anything to use That's the right. roads. That's right. So. And, and so the proposal has been to, put a tax on the charging station or, or whatever, but a lot of different things out there. But but you're right. That means there's no gas being sold for that vehicle, but yet they're using the roads. Right. And uh, it's a, it's a, as are so many things, it's more complicated than it appears right. on the front. Absolutely. But uh, guys, anything else for Judge? Uh, Randy, real quick before you go, I know um, you had a change in where you all have been distributing commodities. Uh, yes, yes, been, yes. It's been at the fairgrounds. What's that? Uh, what's that change been like for you? It's been good. Um, we we uh, we used to use First Baptist Church, and then we went to the to the, the city park uh, in the city of James. I mean, city James, city of Russell Springs let, uh, let us use their park, and that worked out really well. Um, it was a, a problem with all the cars that were coming to back out onto the road. Um, a little difficult for the delivery guy to get around all the cars to, to bring the commodities in. And uh, we had to move during the Christmas lights, um, which was a, a good thing for our county, I think. Uh, but we, uh, 
we talked to the people at uh, the JCs, and they agreed to let us come over there, and it's been good because we can get most all those cars off the road, and uh, we're actually operating in a in the building back there, the the uh, where the old barn used to be. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's part of USDA too, so it all it all is working out. So it's good. Yeah. I mean, we were able to distribute a lot of commodities last month. Yeah, uh, I know the traffic flow has kind of been a bit of a problem at some of the locations, but it seems like at the fairgrounds it's been a little bit better. Yeah, I think we get a lot more people off the road and get them inside that, that, that fairgrounds. And uh, we we served uh, over 300 families there last wow. last month, so, wow. or this month, I'm sorry. And Randy, yeah. you were recently there in uh, Pulaski County with the Tourist Commission. Yes. I don't know if that was that your first big check presentation you were a part of as, as yeah. county judge. Yeah, that was a photo op, right, so, because yeah, the check's yeah. already in the bank. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know just being a part of something like yes, that and, yeah you know hopefully i, I was I, I was thankful i was asked to, to come and, and uh, what yeah. that is tourist commission receiving arpa funding yes. you know, over a hundred thousand dollars and that's really good y'all there's some things that they got some money for i mean for our, not just for our local tourism but danielle our director of tourism she worked with the other tourism people and they got some money to uh, if you remember going around the lake and there's no signs on where some of the places are at and they used to be on the banks i think they've got some some money to put some signage back yeah. up so good good well judge we really appreciate you coming by and talking with us this is Thank good you. for uh, for people to you know to hear about the issues and uh, as you said to be transparent open about what's going Absolutely. on and i think that's important and and I just give kudos to you uh, for doing that because people Thank need you. to know. Yeah, I, I, we're going to redo our web page, and I want to uh, put a transparency page on there so that people can see what's going on, where their money's going, those kind of things. Uh, it's just going to take us a little time to get there. Uh, when I look around at some of the other counties, uh, counties far bigger than us, they have that, and I think our, our people uh, need to be able to look at that and see it, you yeah. know. Yeah. and. Uh, Maybe it'll keep down some of the confusion and and uh, misinformation. And like I said, I'm I'll be as open and transparent as, as I possibly can be. I'm I'm not going to be in that office and try to hide anything from anybody. So. Well, we appreciate you coming on the program. Thank it's, you. Uh, speaks a lot, and we appreciate it. And uh, Zach, Derek, thank you guys for joining us this morning. And again, no we want to wish uh, Tony a speedy recovery. Uh, I don't know if you heard, Judge, no. but. Old man COVID finally paid a visit to Mr. Kerr. He he was bragging just a few weeks ago about uh -oh. how he hadn't gotten yeah. COVID. Well, you, you can't know, do that. You can't do that. Got to be careful about that. But yeah. uh, he's doing good, doing a lot better, and hopefully be back at work on Monday. But uh, we'll be back here next Friday for another edition of uh, All Things Russell. Y'all have a great weekend, and join us again next Friday morning at eight o'clock for All Things Russell right here on Laker Country 104.9 WJRS.